Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. You guys excited to be here? All right, it's getting there, getting there. There's coffee somewhere, so... So I'm glad that you're here this morning, and I'm pretty excited about this message because we're going to be talking about fresh starts today, and if you're here in this room, we want to welcome you. If you're watching online with us this morning, we want to welcome you here. And I just want to begin with this. In golf, they call it a mulligan, okay? Any golfers here? All right, you know what a mulligan is, right? When I was growing up, we called it a do-over, But here's what I want you to think about this morning. Here's my question to launch us. Has there been a time recently when you've really wanted a fresh start? Now, I want you to think about some areas of your life where you might need a fresh start. And maybe it's a fresh start in your career. Maybe it's a fresh start in a relationship. Now, maybe it's a fresh start in your walk with God. Or maybe there's some area of your life that you need God's help in. You know, maybe it's finances, your children, your job, could be your health, your diet, your marriage. I think if we dig deep enough, we can all identify some area where we would love to have a fresh start. And the good news is it's not too late for a fresh start. And so we're in the midst of this series called Go, and I've been making the case that God continually calls his people to go, go. But oftentimes we resist that calling. And so here's what I want you to think about today. What if I told you that behind every go that God has for you, there's a fresh start? There's something new. There's something exciting in store. And without a jump start in life, over time, things tend to grow old. They become dull and routine. And I would say by nature, we are attracted to fresh starts. It's why we make New Year's resolutions every year, why we set goals to exercise and diet over and over and over again. It's why most people are attracted to anything new. Like we love new because it feels like, well, maybe this one will be better, right? Maybe this one will work better. Have you ever noticed when you walk through a store how many products tout the slogan new and improved? Yeah, I was at the grocery store the other day. It's incredible. Like Tide detergent. Okay, Tide detergent has been saying it's new and improved since I was a kid. And I'm thinking, how many times can it be new and improved? I'm expecting to pour liquid gold out of that thing or something. It's not new and improved. It's new marketing, right? Somebody injects food coloring into a little pod and says, hey, it's new. Or the toothpaste with all the rainbow colors and new whitening agents. Like, why do people buy that? Because they want big, shiny teeth like Susie Orman. And they're thinking, yeah, this is going to work, right? My teeth are going to be so bright. But I'm telling you, people love new. Marketers know that. I love new. You love new. Well, here's the good news. God loves new, too. I mean, God is all about new. God is a God of fresh starts. God is a God of second chances. God loves new and exciting and and innovative. In fact, if you think about it, since the fall of man, God's primary emphasis in creation has been new birth, new life, new relationships with him. See, God sees the new ahead of us. He sees how we can be changed, and he wants us to get there. And speaking of the new work that God wants to accomplish in our lives as believers, the Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So God is all about starting new works. But if you want to experience new, guess what? You're going to have to leave where you are and go someplace different. Go someplace new. Now today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a prophet in the Old Testament who is at the crossroads of a fresh start. And we're going to camp out in a passage from the book of Isaiah and look at this vision that Isaiah experienced. And this is one of the great fresh starts of the Bible. It contains all the elements we need to get on the right track should we choose to start afresh. So I want you to pay attention here. This is Isaiah 6, 1 to 8. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. It says that one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And here comes the big God-sized go. You ready for this? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Okay, before we go any further, I want to make this intensely practical for you this morning. I mean, we're going to look at the new work that God wanted to accomplish in Isaiah's life, but I want you to think of some area in your life where you need a fresh start, and I want you to jot it down on your outline, okay? If you have an outline, pull it out. If you're not picking up the outlines, the ushers can pass them out to you. They're at the back tables. You should do that every week. Or if you're at home right now, you can print them out there. It really helps to get this material and soak it into your life. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about, the very least, or write down some area of your life where you need a fresh start. You don't have to write an autobiography. Just a word or two might suffice, okay? And maybe it's a name, maybe a relationship in which you need a fresh start. What is the go God's calling you to? You know, think, think about it. Maybe it's a sentence describing what you would like in your relationship with God. Maybe it's a habit that you want to break. Whatever it is, if you want to make this practical, you need to get in your mind a particular area of your life that's a little flat where you need a fresh start. Now, anytime you want to go and enact a fresh start, guess what? You're going to have to ask some tough questions, and you're going to have to make some definite commitments, or else it'll all just be wishful thinking. And so what I've done is I've drawn some principles and questions from this text that I think will challenge us to move forward in new and fresh ways. And so first of all, if you want a fresh start, you have to embrace the old adage, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. See, I think it's safe to say that most of us don't make changes in life. We don't make significant strides forward 
until there's some kind of sacrifice. Usually there has to be a little discomfort, a little prodding to move us along. You know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Well, I would say that pain is the mother of change. Pain is the catalyst for us to start afresh. And this passage, it begins on an interesting note. Look at this. Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now you're looking at that, you go, okay, obviously this is a chronological reference to a specific date, saying that in the year of King Uzziah's death, Isaiah had this vision. But I kept looking at that verse over and over and over again, and that word died was popping out at me. And I thought, why is that? Like, why does he start with a reference to King Uzziah's death? And then it hit me. The most powerful fresh starts in people's lives occur following some significant pain. See, I don't think it was coincidence that God paired up the events of Uzziah's death and Isaiah's vision. In 2 Kings 15.3, we're told that Uzziah was a king who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. You know, Uzziah's reign was a time of great prosperity in Israel. So his death, that was a major blow for the nation of Israel. It was a major blow for the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah suffers a loss here. And for you, it may not be the death of a friend. You know, it may be the death of a dream. It may be the death of a relationship. Or maybe your family's been shattered by divorce. Or the spiritual intimacy that you once had with the Lord has kind of been killed by apathy. You know, whatever it is, if you want a fresh start, you've got to ask this question, why should I change? Like, why? Why should I change? And this is where you identify pain in your life. What is the pain? Why should I change? Simple question, it's not simple to answer. You know, most people don't want to face it. They want to walk right past their pain, ignore that question. They just bury it, pretend like nothing's wrong. You've seen people do that, right? Oh, it's no big deal. It's in the past. What's done is done. And they appear fine on the outside, but they're torn up on the inside. Like, why should I change? Why change? Maybe because, if I'm honest, the situation I'm in right now really does hurt. I'm tired, or I'm lonely, or, or I'm, I'm empty. Whatever it is, come clean with God and yourself. You know, face the situation for what it really is, and let that be the fire in your belly that motivates you toward a fresh start. Say, I want to change because I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to change because I'm lost and I got no hope for the future, no motivation to get up tomorrow. Or, or I want to change because my soul is dry and I want purpose for my life. See, pain can either be a motivator to a fresh start or it can move people toward apathy where they just do nothing. You know, I thought about this. Uh, Isaiah could have written, in the year that King Uzziah died, I got drunk, Right? I gave up, I packed it in, I, I sold my camel, took up smoking, bought a tent by Lake Judea, right? Whatever. You could have done that. A lot of people go that way, right? He was faithful. And so the Lord revealed to him a fresh word for the prophet. What about you? Do you want a fresh start? If so, what's going to trigger that fresh start? What's the pain that could lead to gain? Figure that out. Okay, the next principle you've got to grasp if you want a fresh start is this. Real life change is all about God. It's all about God. 
I mean, Isaiah's vision included some dramatic clarity that it was all about God, right? Isaiah sees God's majesty, his holiness. Isaiah is fully aware that his fresh start is all about God. In verse 1, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And what a great reminder that we were created by God and for God. Like the angels, you exist to glorify God. And every aspect of your life, okay, the pains and the gains, in the final analysis, they're all about God. And ultimately, let me tell you this, God is the only one who can help you to truly experience life change, significant life change. And this is where a lot of people mess up. Like they identify their pain, but instead of saying it's all about God, they say it's all about self-help. Like I just got to find one more new self-help book. I got to attend another seminar. I got to watch a few more episodes of Dr. Phil, whatever it is, right? And they'll admit I'm overweight or I'm emotionally damaged or I'm financially strapped. They recognize that something's got to change, but they turn to the wrong stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I'm after a fresh start, but I saw this infomercial on TV with a big tall guy named Tony, and he got me so motivated. Like, I can walk on coals now. I can find the power within, right? I can find it a whole lot faster for three easy payments of $79.99. I subscribe to his newsletter to help me deal with the blisters on my feet from walking on the hot coals. And Does anybody else get a little weirded out by all that stuff? But people turn to that all the time. And, and really, I thought about this. If it's the power within, then it's my power. And some guy wants to charge me for my power. I think I should at least get a discount on my own power, don't you think? Folks, it's not your power. It's not your power within that's going to make the difference. Here's the deal. Making real life-altering changes requires God's help. And I come back to this verse over and over and over again because it's so significant. It's so true. This is John 15, 5. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Now, that's a powerful verse. And I think we all know, well, I can do plenty of insignificant things in life apart from Jesus. Yes, you can. But if you want to do anything of any spiritual significance in God's eyes, you need the power of his Holy Spirit working in your life and enacting that change. God isn't just one of the motivators for a fresh start. In Isaiah's vision, it's all about God. It's because of God that I need to change. It's because of God that I want to change. It's because of God that I can change. But I think if we're honest, we don't really believe it's all about God. We think we can handle things on our own in life. But the problem is if God is not at the center of everything you do, something else will be. Something else will fill that void. It may be a job, a relationship, a possession, a hobby. But if it's not all about God, it's all about something. Isaiah saw quite clearly that it was all about God. Holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. So if you want a fresh start, identify the pain first. Second, recognize it's all going to be about God. And then third, you need to face the truth about yourself. You've got to face your fallen nature. Face your sinful nature. 
It's exactly what Isaiah does here. He thinks about himself for a split second. And then in light of God and God's glory, he says, God is holy and I am a dirt bag. Okay? It's a loose translation of the Hebrew there. Trust me. It's pretty close. Probably more significant than that. I mean, Isaiah comes to grips with his own sinfulness in light of a holy God. And what does he say? Woe to me, I am ruined. That's an appropriate response when you weigh your sinful, broken, fallen nature against the glories, the holiness, the magnitude, the perfection of God. When I think of myself in light of God's glory, when I compare myself to God's glory, I pale in comparison. Like God's glory fills the whole earth. My glory fills nothing. And when I think about myself in light of God's purity, woe is me. In fact, in light of God's glory, a better word for our fallen nature is ugly. Okay, write that down on your outline. U-G-L-Y, if you don't know how to spell it, okay? You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. Here's... Here's an illustration for you. It's a little abstract, but I think you'll get it. Uh, have you ever seen one of those two-sided mirrors before? They call them magnifying mirrors, makeup mirrors. You find them at Sharper Image or hotels sometimes. Anyhow, on one side, when you look at it, it's just a normal image, right? And everything's fine. You, okay, that looks good, whatever. And then you flip it over, and you've got this ultra-magnifying mirror where you can see all the pores and dirt and oil all over your face, Like if you look very closely, little creatures building condominiums and taking hot oil baths in those craters. I mean, it's just nasty, all right? I remember my mom had one of these mirrors growing up. And I'll never forget, I walked into the bathroom. I was like, what what is this, right? And I look at myself in the normal side. I'm like, yeah, okay, not bad, right? I may not win any awards. I may not be on the cover of a magazine, but, you know, better than Shrek, whatever, okay? Then I flip it over. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I was like, geez, Louise, that's disgusting, right? Folks, that's what Isaiah experiences here. It's like God holds a magnifier up to his life. And he's like, woe is me, ugly me. You know, we talk a lot around here about being imperfect people compared to a perfect God. There's a lot of truth to that. This is what Isaiah is experiencing here. God is holy, I'm not. I am ugly. God is perfect. Now, it'd be kind of depressing if we stopped here at the point of evaluating the ugliness of our heart. But fortunately, God doesn't want us to stop there. God wants us to change. God wants us to move past that ugliness. God wants us to seek to be more like Jesus. And the first step to get beyond that point is this. This is very important, people. You're going to have to release the past. You're going to have to release the past. See, obviously, we've all in this room, we've done stuff that we are not proud of, plenty of sin that makes us feel ugly. And I would say sin is kind of like this slimy film that covers our lives. So if you want a fresh start, you got to get clean. you got to get that off of you. And you need to experience what Isaiah experienced in this passage here, in his vision. In verse 7, the angel comes over to him with a live coal, touches it to Isaiah's mouth, and says, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. God's promise to Isaiah there was this, your sin is paid for, and your guilt should be gone. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome news? That God does not want you or me to live with guilt, to live with regret. And so he offers this incredible gift called forgiveness. And there are two types of forgiveness in the Bible. First of all, there is a judicial forgiveness 
Okay, that happens once and for all. It happens the moment you put your faith in Jesus and you believe he died on the cross for your sins and he gives you eternal life free of charge by faith in him. When you do that, you are secure in his family. You have eternal life. You'll never lose that eternal salvation. But then there's a type of forgiveness that goes on on an ongoing daily basis. Okay, this is a forgiveness that keeps us growing in the Lord. It keeps us in close fellowship with God. 1 John 1.9 talks about that forgiveness. It's based on confession. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Whenever we come clean and confess our sins to God, the guilt should vanish as well. King David describes this in Psalm 32.5. He says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Isn't that great news? It's that word all there that I love. All my guilt is gone. That's just further proof that God wants us to have a fresh start. So if you've confessed your ugliness to God, your sins are forgiven, and the guilt should be gone as well. And if you're sitting there, you're still struggling to release the past. That guilt is hanging on. I can assure you this, it's not coming from God. That may be the enemy's way of keeping you from being effective, of keeping you from fulfilling your God-given potential. And he's very, very good at this. If you're a believer, you know this. He reminds you of your past sins that you've already been forgiven of. So here's a question for you. What am I holding on to that may be holding me back? What am I holding on to that may be holding me back? Am I holding on to regret over wrong choices five years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago? Am I holding regret over words that I spoke, over a failed relationship, over hurtful things that I've done? See, God forgives. That's his part. But we also have a part to play in the whole equation. Our part is to confess our wrongs, trust that God has forgiven them, release the regrets, and start living like you're forgiven. You got to start living like you're forgiven, okay? That means you don't replay those past moments. You don't relive those past moments. God moves on. He expects you to do the same. So whatever it is you're hanging on to, let it go. Don't be paralyzed by the past when you can be motivated by a fresh start for the future. A fresh start that begins when you say, yes, I'll go, God. That's our final point. Just say, yes, I'll go. Let's review the fresh start here once again. First of all, you've got to embrace the no pain, no gain principle. You've got to identify your pain, and then you've got to say, I'm ready to move forward. Second, after you do that, you've got to recognize that the whole process is going to depend on God. It's all about God. Third, you then evaluate your heart. You face that ugliness that reminds you that you desperately need God. And fourth, you release your past into God's forgiving hands. And then once you've done all that, then you're ready to say yes to whatever go God might have for you. And that's what Isaiah does. Look at verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here's the go, here's the fresh start. Here am I, send me. See, that's saying yes to God. Here am I, Lord, send me. I'll go and do your work. Send me 
to be your messenger. Send me to do your will. Send me to be your man or your woman in the workplace, whatever it may be. Folks, there are so few things in life that you can actually control. And most people, I'm telling you, they live their lives with with all kinds of stress and ulcers and heartache over situations they wish they can control. People they wish they can control, but they can't. Well, there's something you can't control in life. You can control whether or not you say yes to God and fulfill his purposes. I'm telling you, God has a divine go for every one of you in this room right now, for every one of you watching right now. God has a divine go. Now, I don't know what it is for you, but I know this. For most of us, we've been sitting back for far too long. It's kind of become a habit, and we're not stepping up. So the big question is, when will I get started? Well, there's no time like the present. As long as you're still alive here on earth, it's not too late. I said it last week. If you're not dead, you're not done. And a fresh start, you know what it does? First of all, it enables you to erase the old. And second, it allows God to rewrite a story for you, a better version of your story, the version that he had in mind when he first created you. So whatever area it is in which God is telling you, go, just say to him, here am I, God. I'll go. Send me. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for the powerful vision of Isaiah and how applicable it is to us today. All the steps we need to take in order to have a fresh start and go are right here in this passage. So right now, I pray for every person that's listening to me that they would identify whatever the pain is in their life, whatever the area is where they need a fresh start. And then I pray that as opposed to turning to some other self-help or to themselves and their own power, that they would turn to you and recognize you've got to be at the center of it all. Would you give us, Lord, the courage to face our own brokenness, our own fallenness, our own ugliness, and then to recognize that like Isaiah, we haven't had just a, a coal that's touched our lips. We've had a Savior who's died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. And we can release all the past, all the regret, all the guilt, everything has been paid for in full. And you don't want us camping out in the past when we could be looking forward to a fresh start in the future. So God, once we've done all that, I pray that we would just say, yes, yes, I'll go. I'll go, God. Send me. Here I am. Whatever it may be, Lord, give us the courage by your Holy Spirit, to do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, people, as you think about it this week, and as God gives you that area where you need a fresh start, just be willing to say, here am I, God. Send me. Have a great week.